When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March Madness edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy. Gabe Ibrahim, who still has a glow about him because of what the Miami Hurricanes did in the women's ACC tournament. And we're going to get to that. But they, oh my gosh, Katie Ma, I love you, girlfriend. She did that down there but oh i forgot to tell was, you before we got on the podcast i talked to oh, katie meyer about you about me about you because i she i uh i had mentioned that we we talked about the pig picking in fayetteville oh, um, yeah. and she had brought it up before the tournament started and she mentioned that she, you gave her you gave her a little scar in her eye oh man hey katie look you know that was inadvertent contact in the scrum of things and who knew you were behind me like but she knows i love her we we were the mullets we had the mullets going on and uh yeah back in the day so we were we were good friends no she she uh she brought she brought it up it was super it was super funny she she said it was in the spirit of competition it wasn't the truth there she she understands she just, she, she, she just said you had she had uh, some sharp elbows <laughs> back in the you ACC. Know, Pokey, you know, Pokey Chapman told me that from AAU <laughs> basketball, but I'm like, you were you weren't even down there. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, so the K, the Cades pulled off some uh, crazy stuff. We I talked about it on a podcast on uh, it was on Tuesday um, with some folks I got to catch up with at the ACC tournament, uh, and I was Megan did okay. a, her show from the Big East tournament. Yeah. Oh, you know, we talked about the SEC. The only conference that we haven't talked about, Christy, is yours, the Big Ten. Oh, uh, oh, man. You, you were at every game in Indianapolis, so I, I want to get your perspective. But first, got to mention to people, 
you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to do a lot more stuff here in March to get you all set up for March Madness. Uh, so make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at HerHoopStats. Our Twitter names, I think, just popped up. They're, they're down below us. So you can see them. Uh, so follow us on Twitter as well because uh, we're just doing we're doing all things March. I mean, I'm I'm like now I feel like a, a, like an addict at this point. Like now I'm just going to go watch any <laughs> basketball game. Like I was looking I was looking for any basketball game this week because the Wizards are out of town and the uh, Capital City Go Go yeah. are out of town. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to get any pro ball, so going to stick going to stick with college. I'm going to go to the, uh, the Patriot League semifinal between American and Boston U tonight, hey. which was last night because you guys are listening to this on Friday, but right uh, but it's gonna be really fun so i'm i'm just all i'm so hopped up for basketball so i'm oh. excited to talk about uh, the big 10 tournament absolutely and you know what i'm gonna go ahead and break this out right now because you know i got you this t-shirt you yes that, you wanted that nia cloud and thing oh you know? yes. yeah i could bring one back for you can y'all see it <laughs> oh, is, it, is it. it on the screen can it is on the it? screen it is on oh, the screen. Good. so when i see you gabe you know, I mean, I could Amazon Prime it too, no. but I don't know what that'll cost. So I'll see you uh, soon and yes. hand you over this nice gift. I'll put it in a bag and everything and gift Aww. it up for you. Yeah. Thank you, Christy. But, uh, man, that Big Ten tournament, so many crazy games. Uh, the first day, you know, Rutgers really fighting mm-hmm. for everything that they got this season. And they really showed well on that first day. The same with Illinois. I mean, I think they had 15 threes or something insane. So you could really see the sense of urgency with all of the teams. But I just thought as the week went on, you saw the defensive teams coming out on top. Yep. You know, and when you have a team like Indiana playing Maryland on a Friday, when at the beginning of the season, Gabe, we were talking about these two teams battling it out possibly mm-hmm. for the championship. And here we are on, on uh, you know, not even in the semis, having that matchup. And for Indiana to go ahead and do what they did, I think, honestly, four games in four days, I think they ran out of steam, but oh, credit yeah. Iowa for what they were able to do to understand that and take home the crown. So it was it was really intriguing you know, to watch the fight of the seniors who were out there, you know, I I think Northwestern gave up a good fight, but I think at the end of the day, you have to be able to have staunch defense, but you also have to be able to put the ball in the basket. And I think the teams that struggled had those lapses on the offensive side where they would get quality stops and boards and they would come down the other side and, and would have four or five empty possessions that got them in a hole they couldn't recover from. And then, you know, for Indiana, in that instance, in the championship game, you add in the fact that fatigue mm-hmm. is a factor, even though you don't want to recognize it as yeah. a competitor. You know, you know, it is sure. there in the back of your head. I mean, I know, you know, when Maryland was in the ACC and we went back to back titles, tournament titles, you know, that third game, I wasn't thinking about fatigue. So, I mean, I don't know how much you concentrate. We didn't concentrate on it, but it was definitely a factor. It was definitely a factor. Yeah. Well, I think you can't you can't think about it, right? Because if you start thinking about I'm tired, you're gonna be more tired. So I think the best teams, the best teams in, in these tournaments, and you look at any any tournament, the teams who had to play those four games who had to make it from the second round uh to the final, you, you had Miami do that, you had Kentucky do that, you had Indiana do that. 
that those teams just kind of put that to the back burner and said, we're just playing basketball. And honestly, I want to get your take on this. Like, I think it's going to be really beneficial, especially for Indiana to have Mm -hmm. this run because I mean, obviously getting to the championships, a great accomplishment. I'm, I'm saying from sure. a fatigue, from a stamina perspective, this team has been hurt uh, for a lot of the season. They've just in the last, what, like two weeks gotten fully healthy. And now yeah. to be able to go on this run where it's like, you just have to dig deep. You have to, you have to get your body into shape. It's almost like a conditioning, um, right. conditioning exercise here. To, to get your body in shape for what's going to happen in the tournament. And then they have this week off to rest from that and get ready for the tournament. So I think it's yes. really going to be beneficial for Indiana that they started as the five seed and made it to the championship. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Indiana lost four of their last five games in the regular season. So they were definitely not trending in the proper direction, you know, for any kind of March momentum. So for them to go into the tournament and get to the championship game, and beat some really quality teams, top 10 teams oh, yeah. on the way there. I mean, Mackenzie Holmes still didn't look like she was 100% uh, in terms of her cardio. I mean, mm-hmm. she was able to, I think she had 17 and nine maybe against Maryland. Yeah. I'm not sure of her rebounds, but I know she had 17. And she was, I mean, they needed all those. So it wasn't like she uh, couldn't compete or looked injured or anything like that, but she's still rounding into form in terms of getting herself back with that knee injury. And so for the entire team, I think she meant so much, obviously in her absence and them just getting her back. uh, And she wasn't necessarily on a minutes restriction, but I mean, there was a time she took, it was like a mid range shot and it came up just a tiny bit short and coach took her out because I think she knew she didn't have her legs under her. And it was, you know, she was fatigued. So it's just interesting um, to see how one player changes everything. No, and, uh, you know, Monica Susana really took advantage of of that, uh, of Mackenzie Holmes not not being all the way back yet. Um, Because I agree with you, by the end of by the end of that championship game, she was um, not. She just wasn't fully healthy. And I think Susano just took advantage of that and, you know, bowled into her and got a lot of points. And we'll talk about Monica oh, Susano. We could talk about her right now. But, uh, yeah, I, do, I just yeah. think for Indiana, like, you know, they could have won that championship game. Um, they had really good looks late uh, that just didn't fall. Yeah. I think it goes back to not, yeah. not having the legs. And I think having this tournament run is going to get some legs under them. And hopefully this week of rest will, will help them get healthy in order to uh, – you know, compete on the national stage, which I think they will. I think they will be able to do. I think they'll be able to compete for a final four. We'll get to that a little bit. We do have to, we do have to talk a little bit more about uh, the law firm of Cesano and Clark, as you like hey. to call them. Hey, man. <laughs> that thing blew up, didn't it? They have t-shirts. You know what? Caitlin Clark said she was going to send me a t-shirt. She, <laughs> she inboxed me and she was like, this is what you wanted. Now we have these t-shirts and, you know, anyway, it's so cool. I just think with the NIL and all of that, mm-hmm. and I kind of made a joke early in the season. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, you need to put that on a t-shirt and then boom, there it is. And then apparently they all sold out like within a day. Oh yeah. Oh, I was going like to buy insane. one. Mm. Yeah. Well, they might restock, but I will say that that kind of like blew up into like a, a Twitter fire with the, um, yeah. with the link to, to buy one. But you know, I call them the law firm because they just command so much, you know, authority. 
oh, on the court. <laughs> they, they're just amazing when it comes to their chemistry and they're just in sync with one another. And, and you can't discredit that and, and say, well, she's doing what she's doing inside and Caitlin Clark's doing what she's doing outside. And it's not just about their scoring ability. It's about, you know, screen assist for Monica Sinano. It's about, you know, the ability for Caitlin Clark, not only to lead the country in scoring, but also to lead the country in assist mm-hmm. with eight assists a game. So she's a monster and she knows her teammates very well. So you have to give them credit for what they've been able to do. And that's why they won the championship. And it's not just because Monica Sinano had 30 points. She did go off, sure. but <laughs> <laughs> she did go off. But I, I think, you know, on the her hoop stats, um, stat logs and all of that, I, I would like to see how many points, how many of Monica's points came from Caitlin Clark, like of her 30, like how many of those did Caitlin Clark assist her on? And I'm sure it's probably more than half, had to have been more than half. I know some of them, she got put backs on rebounds and stuff like that, but I'm sorry. Like she had to have assisted on more than 50% of her offense in that championship game. Yeah. So I'm looking at it right now. Um, She only had Caitlin Clark only ended up with two assists. I'm with you. I was watching that and I was like, you know, oh, wow. not, now I'm looking okay. at that assist number. I'm like, there's no way. I mean, Kate Martin ended up with eight. McKen- McKenna Warnock ended up with five. And I think what was happening, okay. it, it's to your point, that what was happening is Caitlin Clark gets so much attention because that's true. She, she dropped 41 points on Nebraska yeah. in the semifinal. And Monica Sazano she did. had 22 in that game, but, you know, they, I mean, neither here nor there. Pedestrian. No. <laughs> So I think Kayla was getting so much attention yeah. and she was getting um, not double team necessarily, but trapped. And, and they were sending a lot of, uh, of help her way that the yeah. one, the player one pass away would then get the ball down inside. So was, I, I, I'm wondering who, I, I don't know if anyone keeps track of hockey assists. I call them hockey assists. Cause in hockey, you get an assist for that. If you pass to the pass, oh, that is an assist. Yeah. Um, and we should do that in basketball too, but we should someone, do that. If someone's keeping track of the secondary assist or the hockey assist, I bet you Caitlin Clark had a ton. She also, they just, they work so well together. I mean, when they get the empty side, I remember one play, Monica Sano, she, she got fronted. Well, it was really good defense, actually. I mean, Holmes was on her back and Holmes was on her front once the ball kind of moved to a position where mm-hmm. it was going to be a really tough pass. And then, you know, Sazano put her hand up and the ball yeah. was there from Caitlin Clark. You know, it was just one of those passes where it's like, she just kind of turned and had had an inch and the ball was right yeah. there to turn and score. And it was really easy for her. And I think, you know, Clark really sets up everything they do, but mm-hmm. the Hawkeyes are a good team around, around those two. It's not just those two stars. I mean, shouts to Kate Martin. Mm-hmm. had some huge plays, huge plays she down did. the stretch, 14 points in the championship game. And McKenna Warnock, as we talked about throughout the season, she unlocks mm-hmm. a lot of what they do. So, I mean, I don't know where, where, how far do you think this Iowa team can go? Like, oh man, realistically, how far could this realistically? I mean, obviously, see, my voice is so bad. All those games, honey, all those games. I do have some tea. Um, but anyway, I think for, for Iowa, number one thing, you got to stay healthy. Yes. Number two thing, I think that they have improved as a defensive team from last year's team although they still have a lot of the, the same players. They have the entire 
starting five back. So let's not get that twisted. Um, Tomei Taiwo off the bench has been really impactful for them. But I think, I mean, the glue player and, and Lisa Bluter, the head coach for Iowa, has said it all year long. And the entire time that Kate Martin has been, hold on one second, Dewey is like chewing something. Hey, I was wondering, I was wondering Sorry. what was happening. I'm... Dewey, Dewey. <laughs> Dewey, get off of that, Relax. Dewey. Hold on. Uh, we have, I have uh, I was, I was a child, I have to, I have to childproof something for Dewey. He's fine now. He was chewing something he shouldn't have been. Anyway, I'm fine. Well, he's, a um, <laughs> he's a silly one. Um, but with, uh, with Lisa Bluter, she's always said that Kate Martin has been the glue for the team. And, you know, what she does is, is sometimes immeasurable, but you, you know, with those 14 points, like you said, I think it's just the grit that mm -hmm. she brings to the table. I know there was one possession. I mean, we were sitting right there. So there was one possession, somebody hit the ball out and she saw it and it was like a bang, bang play. And she was like that way, like yeah. she was just so demonstrative with her passion for the game and her competitive spirit was on an all-time high so I mean without her they don't win right I think without her on the floor they don't win and it's just all the the little things like getting her butt on the floor to get a loose ball like setting up plays and and just you know when I say setting up plays I mean like setting great screens oh, yeah. right and getting in for the offensive glass like all of her things are you know all of her stuff is through the mud Kate Martin and, and she's just an amazing talent. And Warnock is an X factor. We know that. We've been saying that. But, you know, the key pieces, obviously, are, are the bookends. And that's, you know, the law firm, you know, Caitlin Clark and Monica Sonano. And, and those two, I think, if they all stay healthy, I think they can make a solid run to the Elite Eight. And if not, the Final Four. I, I think their ability to score the ball is, is unmatched, really. Um, yeah. when they're at their best and we've seen them when I mean, they put up 104 points against Michigan at the end of the season, Oof. it was 104 to 80, 104. So, I mean, good luck stopping that when they're on full force and have the ability to score over hundred points. I'm going to look up where Charlie cream has them. Cause they're going to need a little bit of help. Um, you know, it, cause it really, what it's going to be predicated on is, is the attention that teams have to pay to Clayton Clark. If they have Absolutely. to send two, you know, if they, if they have to really restructure the defense, a team, let's say, you know, let, let's just use an example, like Kentucky, Ryan Howard, yeah. and we could play straight up against Caitlin Clark as much as anyone else can in the nation. Right. Sure. So you can, they're sure. not going to have to switch up as much in theory. So it, it'll depend right. on their matchups, but I, I'm with you. I see an elite eight team here um and let's see so they have they're currently the three seed in bridgeport so they would have to play southern illinois the winner of old miss washington state both of those teams are pretty good i would say they right. breaks breaks pretty good for for uh, iowa in that case then they would have to go and play oh a little team named yukon i don't know if you've heard of them uh connecticut well a little bit uh, i've heard of them a little bit Hey, if we get if we get another year of, of UConn Iowa in the tournament, because last year was electric, it, it wasn't the game didn't quite live up to the hype, but it was still a really really good game um, between UConn and Iowa last year. So I would love to see that again. Uh, I don't think that's like the best matchup. Um, actually, maybe I don't know. I don't. Yeah, they, look, I. <laughs> It, it, it's March, anything can happen, but it does seem like they have a good chance to get out to the second weekend of the tournament, and that'd be huge for Iowa. Yeah. 
to get again to the, the sweet, sweet 16 and, and we'll see who their two seed is if they're really going to be a three seed because there's some better matchups for them um than UConn yeah. you know I'm I'm really really excited to see where everyone gets placed uh I know I'm I know so, we're really it's excited. like I can't wait for that I know you know with you know with the team like we're sticking with the big 10 right so yeah. I think with a team like Maryland and Michigan you know both teams lost on Friday Mm -hmm. and those are top 10 teams or Mm -hmm. top 15 teams um the big 10 has five teams in the net top 25 right six teams in the top 35 my thing is how many teams get in for the big 10 Mm -hmm. i'm i'm saying eight and i'm going heavy because of who they have to play i mean strength of schedule i think maryland's at a six in terms of their strength of schedule. Yeah. So I think that holds some weight. I think it'll just be uh, interesting, not only where teams go, but what seeding they get and how many teams from the Big Ten go. What? How many do you think will go from the Big Ten? All right, so here, here's what I got. I, I made like a whole spreadsheet. This uh-huh, is that like- look at you. This is at like a mid, like 1 a.m. after the ACC tournament <laughs> quarterfinals. So maybe this was after the Miami game. I just couldn't sleep, you know, between the band oh, noise, yeah. between the band noise, like overstimulating <laughs> me. And then obviously Miami going on the run of the century for the University of Miami basketball program. Uh, I, I, so I just did this. So it, bear with me if it's not wrong. So I have five locks. No, I I'm going to put six locks. I think I think Nebraska is a lock. Um, Ohio State. Iowa, Michigan, Maryland, Indiana, Nebraska, I think are all in. I mean, Nebraska's 23rd in net. Um, yeah. They, I think they're a lock. Nebraska has to be a lock. So Nebraska's mm-hmm. in. Uh, then the two teams I have on the bubble are Northwestern and Michigan State. Yeah. I'd say Michigan State is probably out. Okay. Which is tough because they're, they're just 70th in net. Um, and they have a losing record in conference. And I know it might seem a little silly, right, to, to just say, hey, you know, they have a losing record in conference. They're out because it's a really tough conference. But it, it, right. it is tough to say that. And they didn't really have a, a long tournament stay. Um, if they had scored one upset or looked particularly good against Ohio State, the, then we're talk- we may talk about a different story. But with 70th in net rating, I'm not sure they have a good chance. Northwestern 64th in net rating. Um, you know, they could be in right now. They're on the first team out, according to Charlie cream. That's going to be really tough. They're just staunch on the bubble. Right. I would want to see them in, I think, cause they're, you know, they're a fun team to watch in March because you got to prepare yeah. so much for that blizzard defense. Um, yeah. and he, they, they played Iowa decently tough, but it, it, they did. The final score was a 13 point game. So yeah, the committee may not look so kindly on that. I don't know. That that's a tough one. Um, that that's where we're gonna have to be looking at their quadrant one and quadrant two wins and all that. Uh, it, it gets super complicated at some point. Uh, yeah, there are gonna be some people that are upset. We were talking about that before we started, Gabe. They're gonna be some upset people because the criteria is going to be crazy, especially this season with you know COVID, with injuries, with games played not played. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be on that committee just because of all the different factors that you have to, to go with. And I mean, I think every team, I mean, if you go down the, the list, like the top 25, for instance, every team has had a key injury 
Mm-hmm. Every single oh, team, sure. every single team, whether it's a starter or a key player off the bench, every player green for Tennessee and then Masonis for Maryland, like you've had injuries down the line. Right. And then COVID, like how many games did you get in? Did you get enough games in? Because some teams still this year didn't get enough games in. Um, so, or you didn't play a head to head with, with the team you had scheduled exactly. and you never made that game up, never made that game up. So I, I just think it's going to be really interesting to see if that criteria for the NCAA committee holds true for all teams. And, and I know it will, but I still think, I mean, every year there's, there, there's a list of snub, but I think there, there's going to be a longer list of snubs this year because it's going to be so hard to factor in all that stuff. And, and we're not even done yet. That's That's the crazy part is like, we're not, we're not done with the AQ. So we're not done with the automatic qualifier. So, you know, for example, uh, Dayton loses in the A-10 tournament. Well, now Dayton's probably getting in. They, Dayton's 44, 44th in net rating. If we're comparing them to a team like Northwestern, they have as many wins in the quadrant one. Quadrant run basically means the, the games against the top teams in the country. And there's some other definitions. Like it goes down to like, if you're on the road, that's the top 75. Mm-hmm. If you're at home, it's top 30. If you're on a neutral side, it's top 50. Well, I'm not going to get into all that. But they're quite, they're good wins basically they have as many good wins as northwestern does so right. a team like that loses in the a10 semifinal well guess what they're they're probably still in so that takes one team off the bubble um, right so we're not we're not close to done uh you know the a sun no. could be a, a could be a problem if fgcu goes down I, I think jacksonville state made it to the finals they beat liberty on a buzzer beater last night so crazy. it was a crazy game um, a really interesting play design actually on that, on that little, it was, it was simple, but it was a really cool uh, play design for Jacksonville state, but Liberty was also on the bubble. I'm, I'm taking Liberty off the bubble now, but now it's like if Jacksonville state wins, wins that conference, stay son, right. FGCU, what do you, do? you got to keep FGCU and they're 39th in that rating. They have one of the best players in the country. Right. So it's like, we're, we're not yeah. done. We're not quite done at the moment of figuring out who's actually on the bubble. I mean, yeah. I said, I said, I have about 22 bubble teams. Um, and I have about 27 locks to make it. And there's all, there's 13, you know, so I, I had about 58 spots, you know, obviously one of those is going to be taken up by the big 10 champion. There's a couple other champions that I have on my list of locked teams. So right, right. we're, we're not quite done in figuring out what, what's going to happen on the bubble. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't, it, it is not an enviable position to be picking this year. No. Um, but I mean, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. I do think definitely the team from Nebraska up for the big 10 has to be in Northwestern has a decent case. Northwestern has a decent case. I think Michigan stays out. So we're talking six teams, maybe seven for the big 10 is the end answer to your question. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I I think it's going to be really intriguing. As I said, just to see what they balance and measure when it comes to putting teams on the line for the mm-hmm. bracket, uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch that. Uh, and I'll be over, I'll be over at Maryland for the reveal with they're having a big thing with their fans and, and boosters and everything like that. And it'll be on a uh, big 10 network as oh, yeah? of that. So that'll be fun to see, you know, cause I know I was there that year, um, maybe four or five years ago when Maryland had like two or three losses, Mm-hmm. And ended up, and they thought they were getting a two seed and ended up with the three seed. Oof. And everybody was like, wow, like, how does that happen? So they knew they were going to the tournament, 
right? Yeah. But then there was like the punch in the gut of a three seed that year. So, you know, I'll be there for all the uh, the emotion and reactions um, to where they get placed. But I, I think Maryland may get a five seed. That's what I've I've heard and read and kind of seen. But um, it'll be interesting where Indiana gets placed as well, and and Michigan. Those three teams, I'm really looking. I'm really interested in seeing where they will go. Yeah, with Maryland. So Maryland got a little bit of help though. So Maryland right now is a is a. I, I think uh, Megan Gower had her had uh, Maryland in her top sixteen, which came out on Monday. Um, right. Charlie Cream has them as a top sixteen seed as well. So they would be hosting games right now if the ESPN bracketology came to fruition. I mean. <sighs> They didn't have a ter- they didn't have a bad showing at the tournament. They just only played one no. game and a team that went on to the championship and a team that I would say the voters seem to really respect. And I would be let me see where Indiana is. I would say Indiana's probably mm-hmm. they haven't they haven't met a four seed. They could be a three seed. But the thing is with Maryland is a lot of the teams on the five line, um, uh-huh. you know, BYU, they didn't win their champ, they didn't win their conference championship. Notre mm-hmm. Dame lost to Miami. Virginia Tech got hurt in the ACC tournament that go as far and didn't play as well as people expected because of those injuries. So you're looking, right. you're looking across and it's like, who's going to replace Maryland. Now we still have the big 12 tournament. So right. things could change, you know, no, there's plenty of good teams there that could, t- could overtake Maryland as a four seed. But I, I think there's a good chance that Maryland hosts games selfishly. That's what I want for us. <laughs> That's what I want too. I want that too. So we could go to the basketball games. Um, get down the street. It's just right down the street for us. Yeah. But I see some I, great teams. I think they should be. I think they should be in there. I mean, they're 14th in net. The, the stats love them. They got hurt. Just yeah. what, what's your feeling though on where this team is? Because we had, we had a lot of conversations about Maryland. Yeah. And just where they are as a team. And there's a lot of injuries that factor into this, but. You know, now we can't really care about the injuries, right? We have to just kind of no. just have to kind of say like, hey, it, it's time to show up. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, what's your read on where this team is at? I mean, and watching them in that Indiana game, it's just clearly not smooth yeah. offensively. And there were some shots where I was like, wow, whoa, whoa, what was like, what was that? What happened? Mm-hmm. What are you what were you looking for in that particular play? Um you know, and the way that Indiana defended them was was perfect as well. Um, mm-hmm. They gave them the shots they wanted them to take rather than the shots Maryland wanted to take, if that makes sense. Nope. Like, we're going to give, uh, yeah. like, well, just for instance, I know there was a play, I believe it was in the first half, where Angel Reese was wide open at the three. Mm-hmm. And she looked around, nobody was there, and she shot it because Indiana was like, shoot it. Yeah. And she missed it. Right. And, and for me, that was that was a, uh, a clear example of Indiana dictating in that game. Mm-hmm. And you have to be disciplined in those moments and not to say Angel Reese hasn't made a three. I think she has. So it's like, yeah, yeah. but they they went with percentages. They went with percentages. And, you know, I think right after that shot, Brenda Freeze took Angel Reese out, you know, because it's about discipline. Like you can't fall into which you should have. OK, to, to be clear. No. Okay. Um, which she should have taken her out, which is a great decision. And, you know, you pulled that shot and I need to pull you out of the game just for right now. Um, and it's, and it's about discipline in the postseason. If, if teams are giving you 
what they want you to have. <laughs> then yeah. you, that's not that's not good for you, right? You have to be the one dictating on offense and defense, right? Put pressure on them. If they're giving you that shot, drive it to the rim. That's mm-hmm. her forte. Take them to the to the rack. Um, so it was just situations like that where Indiana totally dictated what they wanted Maryland to do. And, yeah. and it was, and uh, you know, and I, I don't think that Ashley Owusu was no. anywhere near herself. Um, you know, first team last year, I believe in conference second team this year. And I know she's been injured and, and trying to make her way back. So, you know, no shade, just an observation, you know, I just don't think that she was hundred percent with her decision-making or with her conditioning or with her, her shot making ability. Yeah. And they needed that. They needed those th- three things from her in that game against Indiana and give Indiana credit again for applying that pressure, knowing that she wasn't a hundred percent. Diamond Miller, I believe only had four points in that game. Yeah. And she needed, she needed to come alive too. And they just didn't have, that compliment and that's where you miss a player like faith masonis is what we were t- saying earlier i mean she had the acl injury yeah. although she was off crutches in indy which is good to see she's on track ahead of schedules she said to me so i mean but you're missing like another player who can score i mean mimi collins wasn't hitting chloe bibby wasn't hitting like somebody's got to be consistent and they yep. missed they were missing that no i agree and you know to your point about angel reach you're open for a reason you know, you got to think about that. If you're wide open, it's happening for a reason. You should think about the shot you're taking. She is one for 10 on threes this season. One for 10. So, yeah. Also, you know, this is just on a side note. I was listening to, uh, what was it? The Basketball Immersion Podcast with Bryant's mm-hmm. men head, men's head coach. And he was like, and, and let me know if you ever did something like this. He has a shooting test okay. every Monday. So you have to, oh. I forget what the exact drill was. But it's okay. like it's like a high intensity, you know, you have to make X amount of shots and in, in whatever. Okay. And if you don't pass it, you can't shoot a three that week. Oh, okay. You know what? Send me that, please, from my <laughs> high school team because <laughs> no. I, I will because you know, I thought it was super <laughs> interesting. Because uh, yeah. he, he was like, he was like, players will come up to me and be like, coach, I need to be able to shoot. He's like, just make your shots. If you make the yeah. shots. So I was just wondering if that's something that is happening to Angel Reese because I, I think she was, you know, she she is kind of the she's supposed to be a, a wing in a center's body to a certain extent. Um, yeah. So I wonder if she's just like not making those threes in practice and that's why she can't take them in the game because she she's only taken ten. Um, so, but yeah, don't don't in conference tournament time is not the time to be uh, experimenting from no. from the three point line. But to your point about which is also, why she came out, which is why she came out of the game. But go ahead. I, I'm sure there's. I, I would love to. Maybe I'll maybe I'll ask uh, 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 Brenda Freeze about that when we when we get a chance. Um, to your point about Ashley Wusu, yeah, she wasn't 100. Yeah. She just didn't have the lift. I mean, she she had 21 points, a heck of a game for not for being somewhat hobbled. Um, but she didn't have the lift. She didn't have the. She just doesn't seem comfortable on her feet yet. Um, right? Like she she just doesn't have those like yeah. those little like boom boom moves that, yeah. that we saw so early in the season she, she didn't yeah. have um just that change of direction this very slight change of direction that she does better than anyone else in the country she, i didn't think that was yeah. there, right no it wasn't there and i you know i wanted so desperately to call out 
and I go, woo woo, you know, mm -hmm. but I couldn't, I, she didn't have any woo woo moments. Um, she did have 21, like you said, and they were solid. But when you know what you've seen from her before, mm -hmm. <laughs> like statistics aside, and, you know, I think it's, it's rhythm based and performance based. Yeah. And I know performance is, is kind of statistical, but I think when, when you know that when she has that bounce and like you said, the change of direction and the quickness that was missing, that pop in yeah. her step was missing. It was missing. Um, but I love, you know, I love, and I, this is no oh, shade. I'm just, no, I, we're just watching and, and observing and, and telling you our opinions. So this we, is in no way like etched in stone, but that's just, I know she is, she's tighter with her game than, than what she displayed in that one game in the yeah. Big Ten tournament. We have high expectations. We and everyone else yes. truly should have high expectations for this Maryland team. You look at the collection of talent and yeah, they yeah. face injuries all year, but you know, yeah. we, it is a national title team. There is a national title team there. Mm -hmm. I don't think they'll get there this year. Uh, for because there's been just so much um, adversity and just like you can only go through so much and come out mm -hmm. and remain that team that your talent suggests that you are. Um, right. Any team, any team in the country, I don't care. And, and Maryland may have a claim to to be one of the teams that's faced the most adversity in the country this season. Um, that being said, I mean there's there are little things that they could do better. I, I think getting Katie Benson needs more than five shots. She can't finish yes. again with zero points. That that to me no. is, I haven't I haven't super dug into the tape on why that happened. I, I haven't really been watch I didn't watch her specifically, um, but I'm guessing in the end I just kind of took it away. But she yeah. they have to find ways to get her open, um, whether that's on yeah. staggers, whether that's you know pin down, what, whatever you need to do to get her some shots, get her some more shots. I also think Diamond Miller, she needs to be she needs to be more efficient. Two of eleven is not going to cut it. Same with Chloe Bibby. No. Diamond Diamond is, you know one of the top three players on this team at times has been the best player on this team. You need yeah. more from her, you need more from her. And yeah. I, I think yeah. if there's a team that's going to surprise us and make a final four run from that four line or that five line or wherever Maryland is, I think it could be Maryland. I mean, cause who, who has, there's not many teams in this country that have as much talent as Maryland. No. And, and I completely agree with that. And it just all has to come together at the right time for them. I know mm -hmm. it was uh, extremely disappointing for them to go out that early after winning five of the last seven big 10 yeah. tournament titles and they've been in the conference for seven years so this is the first time that they haven't competed for a championship they've always been to the championship game yeah except for this year so i know that there's a lot of pride on the line with them in that regard and yes they possess the tools to get to the final four and beyond and you know you look back to how hard they played south carolina Yep. And how Brenda Freeze after that game said, we're right there, we're this close. So I think for, for that kind of display of basketball, if they had played that way, right. like they played against South Carolina, mm -hmm. against Indiana, all bets off, right? I think that would have been a different story. But they just were not the same team in terms of their effectiveness offensively um, and their cohesion on the defensive end. You know, but when you look back to that game, they can do it. So to your point, they are able to play that way, but they just need to be consistent with their abilities because we know they have it, right? Yeah. So it's not like we're asking them to do something or we're not expecting them to do something that they're not capable of doing. We've, we've seen it. 
Yes. Right. So you just have to bring that right to the NCAA tournament and make that strong run. Then they have this week, you know, so to a certain extent for some teams, um, your Miami's, your Kentucky's, your teams that made runs in this, in the tournament, they're feeling hot. I think the week off was, is a bad thing, but for a lot of these teams like Indiana, Maryland, the two teams we talked about here is like this week off is really nice to just get your mind right to get your body right. There's teams that went out early in the, in their conference tournaments have a chance to reset and and focus on it and feel that and and then get ready to make a run on tournament. So I I hope Maryland can get right. And if Maryland can get right, like we said, there is nothing stopping them from being the best team. Um, But I I don't know. I I wouldn't bet on Maryland getting to that level this year. I hope they do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think it's just been, it's been so much adversity. I feel really bad. Um, and, and, and we expect more, expect more. It's not just, I don't want to give them an excuse because they won't give themselves an excuse. So, but it, no, it is no. just tough. Um, let's talk about the other three yeah. teams. You know, we talked about Iowa, we talked about Indiana, we talked about Maryland. Uh, let's talk about Michigan really quick. Where do you yeah. see this team in the grand scheme of the tournament in terms of just like how far they can go? They're 16th in net rating. If you want some stats, they have Nas Hillman, mm-hmm. you know, at times they've been the top five team. Um, and then they also just have some, you know, bad losses, right? Uh, yeah. They lost to who they lose to in this tournament. And the tournament, they lost to Nebraska. Lost to Nebraska, another team we got to talk about. So, where what's yeah. your sense of uh, Michigan, and and where do you see them in the grand scheme of things? Man, I love this Michigan team. First mm-hmm. of all, Kim Barnsarico. We both have three kids, so we have a, a, a really good bond. Uh, we talk about it all the time, but I think. With Kim Barnes and Rico receiving coach of the year, mm-hmm. I think that kind of tells you what this team was able to do all season long. They are another team that has the capability of yep. being a strong force in the NCAA tournament and making a run to the final four, elite eight, final four. You know, those are the, the areas that, that you kind of picture them in because of what they have on the floor. And I think last year, what you saw when they made that run to the sweet 16 was team play. And yes, Nas Hillman is incredible. She's one of the top 10 for the Naismith player of the year this year. So, I mean, that is, that is already a given with, with what she is able to do. But I think the beauty of the Michigan team is their, their depth this season. I mm-hmm. think um, Layla Filia, the freshman who has come in and just every single game yeah. just evolved and developed into this monster and uh, her confidence is continuing to elevate. Nas Hillman is in her ear during games, and I love it. it it's a beautiful thing to watch. But I think for, for Michigan, it's, it's Leah Brown, who I think has made a big difference for them. I mean, she was out with injury. We're talking about how injuries have impacted teams. She was out for three weeks with an ankle injury, and they lost that good juju. They lost that good momentum when she went out because yeah. now teams can kind of load up on Nas Hillman, you know, if Maddie Nolan isn't hitting her threes, which she does at a 45% clip, by the way, um, she can shoot the flat, she can shoot the air out of the ball. Okay. Um, But if she's not hitting, right, they had a hard time finding another third or fourth player who can score in double figures without um, Leah Brown on the floor. And she's lanky. She's a defensive disruptor. So not only are you missing her near 20 points a game in Leah Brown, but you're also missing her defense and her rebounding. Yep. And her ability to spread the floor, even if she's not shooting the ball, 
she spreads the floor so they can't load up on Nas Hillman, right? So in her absence, it kind of changed everything in terms of game planning against them. So for me, it was in that game against Nebraska where Leah Brown transferred from, by the way, yeah. um, you know, a lot of different dynamics. I just think that it was, it was disappointing, especially the way that they lost. They had 4.4 seconds. They inbounded the ball, Leah Brown inbounded the ball to Emily Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Kaiser pulled and shot this three from, I don't know, three or four feet behind the line. They're down three, right? Yeah. Needed a three, but Leah Brown was the trigger from out of bounds. So it's like, and she was standing there like this to get it back, right? So I think it was just the execution down the stretch. Um, and they turned it over to, uh, they turned it over to Alexis Markowski underneath the yeah. basket on the play right before that. So it came down to executing at the end of games. And I know they're able to do that. And I know it was that, that I know sat with Kim Barnes and we probably still sitting with her in, in a stinging way. Um, just because that wasn't the play. I mean, that wasn't, that couldn't have been the play for yeah. Kaiser to pull that. And it, it was just lack of focus at that juncture. Um, and when you're in a situation like that in a tournament, it, it you know, that's, that's going to always be what you think about when you think about postseason play when that calendar clicks to March, you're going to think about, man, we, we kind of messed that up at the end. One, they, you know, they're playing a good team. Nebraska's really good. Yeah. I mean, flat out tough. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you look at, you look at the, at the stat line and I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about, but you know, Michigan three of 12 from the three point line, mm. Nebraska eight of 17 from the three point line. That's, I mean, that's the difference yeah. there. They're, right there yeah. is your difference in the game. And yeah. it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. The thing with Michigan is um, they're not, they're, well, I don't, don't want to say they're not going to get upset. It's March folks. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything. They're a team though, that I think has um, the opposite problem of Maryland. Like Maryland has a okay. super high ceiling that they can make it to the final four, but Maryland could also lose in the first round and make no mistake about it. Like they, they, it's, it's a very high ceiling uh, low floor team because of, of everything that's happened this year. I think Michigan is a higher floor, um, but perhaps a lower ceiling. So I think they'll probably make it out of their first two rounds, but then the sweet 16, it'll be like, well, how, how are we going to find those buckets? You know, where, where are we going to get those easy threes from if teams are figuring out ways to both, you know, double and send help on Nas Hillman and take away our, our more limited three-point options. So where, what are we doing? How are we cutting the right way? Are we doing things? Are we game planning in the right way to, to give us a shot against the teams that are going to be, you know, better than us? Because you're, you're in right. the tournament, you're probably going to have to beat someone who's better than you to win the championship. Yeah. For the most to. part. Unless you're South yeah. Carolina. Well, <laughs> even South Carolina will probably have to beat someone better than them. Actually, yeah. there's no one. Well, uh, well that's a different, that's a different mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Different conversation. <laughs> but like Michigan – they're, they're going to have to rise above and, and beat, you know, a two seed or a one seed or whoever to get yeah. to where they end up want to be. And I'm just, I, I need to see more the, the game plan for it. It's tough to do in the big, in your conference tournament and the big 10 tournament specifically, because yeah. you don't know, they didn't know who they were going to play. They didn't know if they were going right. to play Nebraska. I mean, they had a decent idea that they were going to play Nebraska, but you know, it, it is it is more difficult, I think, to do that in the conference tournament. So can, can Barnes Rico will have a better chance to do it in the NCAA tournament and we'll and we'll see what happens. Um, yes. I would I would peg them more as a sweet 16 team than than a um, than the final four potential team. But they they're certainly, I think, 
a good bet to make to the Sweet 16. Yeah, and, and you know, we were talking about the defensive ability of teams in the postseason mm-hmm. and, and how that really anchors you in, in terms of your progression through the tournament. And I think, you know, they have that. They're a really, really good defensive team. Um, they're a great offensive rebounding team. Yes. And give credit to Nas Hillman in that area. But all of them crash and get extra possessions. But I think, you know, in that Baylor game earlier this season, they didn't have the services of Nas Hillman in the overtime, mm-hmm. right? And then they ended up winning that game because they have players, that they have depth, and they have players who stepped up like Leah Brown in that particular game in that overtime session to beat a really tough Baylor squad. Um, so I think it's got to come from more than just Nas Hillman. As she alluded to last year, she was like, it's about this team, right? Yep. And it's got to be that same focus going into this postseason. Everybody's got to be a star in their role. Everybody's got to be at their best. And it's not just at your best making your shot. It's at your best with decisions, especially at the end of games. Mm-hmm. Let's lock in and focus. We just came out of this huddle. This is what we're looking for. You've got to stick with that. And I know for sure. I don't know. I don't know everything about Kim Barnes Rico, but I know that wasn't the play. <laughs> I know that was. I know. I know that. And if it was Kim, my bad. But that was. That was. That was not the play for her to take that shot. So it's just those kinds of focus things need to. You know, they need to be on point. You got to be a thousand percent ready to go. And yep. no excuses to be made. Like, oh, my bad. No, no, we're not doing my bad. We're not doing all my fault. No, we're not doing sorry. You heard what you needed to do. Go do, do it. it so we can win or have the chance to win. Who knows if that shot, if she did kick to Leah Brown, who knows if she would have yeah. made it. But you live and die on, this is the plan. We're going to go with it. And, and that, needs to, that needs to go, right? You need, to, you need to run that play. You can live with it if you run the play and you lose. I feel like it's exactly. much, it's, 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 it's much tougher to like turn the ball over or not run the play or do something different. Um, okay. We're, we're, we're getting it. We're getting long in the tooth here for this podcast. I do want to talk okay, about Nebraska, on. Nebraska. Yeah. I think Nebraska, mm-hmm. Nebraska has Cinderella potential. I'm telling you folks, Nebraska, right. They just, they yeah. shoot the ball. And if yeah. you can shoot the ball like Josh Shelley and, and Ashley Scog and Ken, you got a chance. Those two take yeah. over five threes a game and make over 40% of them. Look, I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care. I, honestly, I'm not <laughs> sure I care about what else you do. And they're really good on the defensive glass. They play really strong defense. They are uh, a tough team. Um, but I don't really care about what else you do. If you can shoot the ball like that, you got a chance in March because that's how it is, right? You just have two good games and suddenly you're in the Sweet 16. You have one more. You're in the Elite Eight. So that this yeah. is my... I think Nebraska might be my my Cinderella pick. We'll have to see how the you know we'll, we'll check the brackets when they come out on Sunday. But right, no, I really really like Nebraska. Yeah, no, I love them. They are so balanced. And and while you're talking about that three point shooting prowess, listen, Alexis Markowski is a problem. Yeah, you hear me? She's the freshman of the year in the Big Ten, but she is a stop and pop machine. Like mm-hmm. she's not just a killer down in the paint. She has lift and efficiency from the three-point line and pick and pop situations where she just rises back and knocks it in. So if you play the drive on that action, she's going to kill you. And I I just think that she has this incredible motor about her. And Amy Williams has said, she just wants to win. Like she came into my office, we were watching films. She was like, I don't care what you need from me. I just want to win. Like 
Mm -hmm. I don't care. And so that's the attitude that she's bringing to the table. And it's just infectious, especially when you have a player like Jazz Shelley, who I love. And she has been, you know, she needs to be mentioned more, I think, in top guards in the Big Ten. I, I know that, you know, Veronica Burton, too. Those two players, like Veronica Burton's at Northwestern, and she doesn't get the, the you know, respect, I think, um, nationally, as she should. And the same with Jazz Shelley in that regard. I think Jazz Shelley is an incredible talent just across the board, not just with her ability to score threes, but she is so nonchalant and effortless with her playmaking ability that I marveled at that. Like I'm looking at her and it, I'm like, is she sweating? Like, she's just like out there, like whatever. And like <laughs> making these just effortless passes. I'm like, how did you even see that? Like she has, she has a survey uh, gene about her that not a lot of people recognize. And if they do recognize it, they don't respect it enough. I mean, I, I think Amy Williams has has a really great team and they play hard. They fight for everything and and they never quit. So those are the teams in March that you have to, you know, you have to side eye because those are the shark in the water teams that'll, you know, you don't hear them or see them, but you feel them when they bite you. And and that's that's what they bring to the table for sure. No, I, I agree. I agree. Jazz Shelley has like sixty six thousand followers on TikTok. That's the other oh, there. Wow. I just saw that yesterday. I was like, "Wow, that's a, that's a lot." Wait, is she is she is she doing like dances or is she doing cooking or? I, I saw doing- I saw her basketball. She posted a video about how about her basketball. So I mean, oh, okay. I'm my well, my TikTok feed is good. uh specifically tailored for basketball. So maybe that's all I got. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I just I just thought I found it interesting. Good. And then Nebraska, oh, wow. Nebraska getting a huge TikTok star. Um, wow. All right, one one last team I think we need to bring up, and then obviously we have to talk about the Canes. I've gone most of this podcast yeah. without talking about the Canes. Um, That's okay. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk about Ohio State. I think they're kind of – they're almost super Nebraska in the way I was talking about Nebraska. Like, they also can threes. They're seventh in three-point percentage. Um, let me see the, the volume. I, I forget. I just thought – yeah, they're 23rd in, in three-pointers made. So they take a high volume and make a lot of them. Uh, they also play – Really great defense. They were co co regular season conference champions. Um, I don't know why. I just maybe I just haven't been watching them as much. I just don't have the same feeling. Like I don't have that same feeling. I mean, I know Taylor Mike Sell's been awesome, and JC Selden yeah. has also been awesome, and Braxton yeah. Miller, the player whose name always like freaks me out because she's from the same town that. as the football Braxton Miller. <laughs> there you um, go. But like I I don't where where do you see Ohio State in the grand scheme of things? I, I mean, their ability to to grit out games, I think to me has been impressive. I think their two to one full mm-hmm. court pressure has been wreaking havoc across the conference all season long. And I think that's why they they shared that regular season conference championship with Iowa this yep. year. Um, obviously their ability to knock in threes and you know, Taylor Mike leading the country in that regard, I think 46% from there or 47 I mean insane right and you know that she's going to do that and you know you're bringing that defensive attention to her and she's still able to do that so when that is occurring you have to give full-on respect um but she makes just under four threes a game which is insane with with defensive attention like to take it away and it's not being taken away so um good luck with that so JC Sheldon to me I mean, I know they don't really give a most improved award in the conference. They don't. But I would say, 
I don't do they? I mean, no, they, I don't they did they it for do. the ACC, but only the coaches voted on it. Oh, maybe they did it for the coaches only because well, the media it. didn't get to vote on most yeah. improved. I didn't see, but it. if there no. was a most, huh? What'd you I didn't say? see. I didn't see the big time most improved. So it may or may not exist. If someone knows so. that, please let us know. Yeah, I need to know that because I know I'm a media voter. Uh, you know, and I didn't see that for for players. But if coaches have that, I just think you know when you have a player who has to jump in uh, because of the injury to Madison Green who was mm-hmm. everything to them in terms of distributing and, and organizing the offense. She came in seamlessly and like rocked it this year. I mean, first team all conference yep. for JC Sheldon this year. And I, I think, you know, if there is a, a most improved, I've definitely given her the crown for that. But I think with Beecham's ability to come off the bench and be impactful with her mid range game, her ability to defend in the paint and finish in the paint, that has been an X factor for them. Uh, and I just think when you have players who, who grit and grind it out, I mean, I think it makes a big difference in, in what you do defensively. I um, and, and I think Kevin McGuff will agree with that as well. I mean, he said it's our defense, you know, and we have to be able to make shots to get into that, you know, so they can apply that level of pressure. Um, but it's Sheldon and Mike sell at the top of it, harassing. But I think, you know, as the um, the NCAA tournament proceeds, I think they need to, you know, stick with that, obviously, but they got to be able to make shots mm-hmm. to be able to pressure and 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 do a great job with that. So I think that's going to be uh, something to look for for them, for sure. Yep. Uh, good. I'm excited. Although I just saw the bracket and they are in the sixth line in Tennessee's uh, home region and, and Tennessee's a beatable team, um, but they play Missouri state and Missouri state is uh, really, really good. So that is not the matchup I would want um, if I was Ohio no. state. So we will see where they end up in the bracket and uh, yeah, sorry to Northwestern. We're, we're going to move on because there's other things to talk about. We love you, Veronica Burton. Very, very yeah. much. Um, and, and Joe will, and, and everyone in, in the Northwestern program, they are very nice to her hoop stats. We will see yeah. you guys hopefully in the tournament. And if you're there, we will definitely talk about you. Uh, shout yeah. to my, shout to my girl, Nia Cloud uh, at Michigan state. <laughs> if she is good in the WNBA, I promise you, I will be wearing that shirt and I will never, <laughs> I will never shut up about it. Okay. I just want to let everyone know if she makes the day she makes an all-star team in the WNBA, I will never, ever shut up about it. Um, <laughs> also. Shouts to Purdue, Minnesota, Penn State, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Illinois. Thanks for playing. Uh, We will see you guys (laughs) next year. We'll see you guys next year. All right. uh, Let's talk about a few more things now before we move on. um, Yeah. And and, and head on to Selection Sunday, which is Mm -hmm. this Sunday. It's no longer Selection Sunday. It's just this Sunday. Um, Yeah. So we're going to get – we have to talk about – let's talk about Miami. It's been too long. It's been too long. We have to. Miami, I, I just put a video out on the, your, our YouTube channel, which I hope you're watching this on our YouTube channel, and it's probably a related video somewhere. Um, my, Miami pulls off one of the greatest upsets I've ever seen. Destiny Harden goes on her own 15-0 run in the last four minutes of the game to beat Insane. Louisville. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen something like that. I asked Beth Moens if she saw something like that. I asked Debbie Antonelli if she saw something like that. I asked pretty much everyone I get my hands on a tournament. <laughs> if they had seen something like that and everyone's like no we've never seen someone like that right, um right. i've relived it uh, and uh i've had a lot of thoughts on it did you get to see did you get to see how did you ingest that at all were they talking about the big 10 tournament um 
Yes, all the upsets that were occurring. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think with Miami, I was like, man, I know Gabe is like losing his collective mind right now because I knew you were down there. <laughs> I was trying so hard to like be a calm because I'm not a calm person. Anyone who knows me, I'm not calm. I'm not a calm. That's not something. I was trying so hard to be like professional and everyone oh, yeah. else around me was freaking out. And so like there was a there was an NC State, uh, Ernie, I forgot his last name. He does radio uh, in the Raleigh area. So he was there for NC State. And he was like fist pumping and yelling because he didn't want to play Louisville. So he was going <laughs> crazy. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, I have to be calm. I have to be calm. But then, you know, as soon as she hit the shot, I was like, ah! Right. Uh, crazy game for, for Miami. Absolutely wonderful. My question is, do, do you think Louisville is still a one seed? Because they're on the one line still, uh, according to ESPN's mm-hmm. Bracketology. Uh, Megan Gower also has them as a one suit. But I could see like, I mean, Baylor really is the team that could overtake them if they win the the big ten, the big uh, twelve in convincing fashion. That's a tough question, and you know, all questions from you to me are tough. But that one <laughs> is super it, no, tough. It's a, it, it's a tough question. Yes, <laughs> that is, it is, it is, and you know, and you could say the same for South Carolina with Kentucky upsetting them in the championship game on the buzzer beater. So, oh, we'll get to I, that. We will. And and I think, you know, you have to look at the full body of work. Yeah. And and no shade to Miami, but Louisville was not supposed to lose, you know. Uh, right. And I know that kind of changes the dynamic for many things in terms of seeding and, and decisions in the NCAA tournament bracket. Do they still get a one seed? I think, I think no. Okay. I think no. I think I think that loss puts them on the two line, uh, and not to say they won't get to the final four. They could still get there. Trust and believe, especially with you know oh, they yeah. have something in their crawl. You know they're upset about losing, so now that's what, they have that's like, what Katie that's what Katie Myers said after the game. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I, I think this is going to push them to the final four now because they're they're going to be mad about that. But there we uh, go. See me and Katie. See me and Katie. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I I just think that it, it's bumped them to two. Bumped, uh, it's bumped them to two line. I think Baylor has a bit of work. Uh, Baylor has a bit of work to do from to just you know get to. Uh, they have to win the title. I think in the Big Twelve. Uh, they should. They have to beat Oklahoma too. They have to show that they can beat Oklahoma a team that swept them. Um, I think Emma Adler. I, I forget. It was Emma or Mitch on our podcast on Tuesday brought that up. Um, but I could see it. I mean, like, and you're pitching, pitching. It's easy to pitch, and Alyssa Smith and, and company as a number one seed. Like, it's just an awesome team to watch. So, um, it also makes the seeding. That was the other thing we brought up. It makes the seeding, like placing teams, a lot easier because in South Carolina goes to Greensboro, and State goes to Bridgeport, uh, Baylor goes to Wichita. And uh, Stanford stays in Spokane, so it, it makes a lot more sense from that perspective. I think right. I think they could do it. Um, I mean, look, there's a case that UConn should be a one seed. I don't know how I feel about that, but there's definitely a case that UConn should be a one seed. They're fourth in that rating. They have a, they have a really good Q. They have the same Q1 record and only one more Q uh, Q2 loss than Louisville, mm-hmm. and they won their conference tournament and didn't get bounced in the first round. I would put, I would say Baylor probably has an inside track, but we'll see. More shenanigans have happened in the past with uh, <laughs> with UConn, so yeah. they could they could sneak into that one line. But I I don't know. I'd still put Louisville there. If Louisville wasn't one seed coming in, right? That, that Miami game, 
you, you could play it a hundred times and it would literally happen less than once. There's a 99%, 99.9% chance that Louisville wins that game. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much you want to take from it, but it was certainly a, uh, a, a it wasn't a fluke I would say, cause Miami did end up beating Notre Dame and a really good team, but it was uh, yeah. weird. So I'm not sure how much we can take from it. So I, <laughs> I won't knock down Louisville uh, too much. I think it pushes up Miami more uh, just because of the grit and the heart that they showed. Um, Agreed. I had Miami in my top twenty-five because of their run in the tournament. Oh yeah, we we. I put I, them at twenty-five. I put them at twenty-five because how do you not? How do you not? I mean, they beat a top-five team. They beat a top-three team in the country, and then beat a top-twenty team in Notre Dame. I mean, back-to-back days. Come on. I'm not. You got to sure. give credit where credit is due, and I don't care what people say on Twitter or whatever like that. They're always like, "Well, what about our team? They didn't make it, and you didn't vote for our team." Listen, like what you just said, Gabe, grit and heart at this point in the season, I measure that heavily. And I think with Katie Meyer and what she's been able to do, I mean, this is 17 years that she's been there. And that was her first time getting to the conference title game in the tournament. Come on. I mean, there was magic that uh, in that week. There was magic that week for, for the Hurricanes. And this isn't her, this is not her most talented team. This is not the most talented team that she's had. This isn't even, I, honestly, this isn't like close to the most talented team she's ever had. This is just a team that, I don't know. They really believe, we've talked about them all year. Like they, they come into every game yeah. Um, yeah. not scared and, 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 and ready to play defense. It's just more of a question of whether shots fall. Are we hitting our spots, right? right? Like are we doing, so I, look, Miami, I, I said this on, on our last podcast, um, uh-huh. they could either win they could lose in the first round mm-hmm. or they could make it to the sweet 16. Like it, right. it, it's just one of those teams. Um, currently ESPN has them in Greensboro as the nine seed on South Carolina's one line, which I would not like if Louisville is the top seed, you gotta put Miami on the eight line of Louisville. Cause we gotta see the rematch. Yeah. Come on committee. Yeah. Like, give, yeah. Give me a, some entertainment. That. Give me some entertainment. <laughs> uh, and some drama. That would be very dramatic. It'd be great drama. Um, let's talk about South drama. Carolina. Speaking yeah. of great drama. Speaking of yeah. great drama. Uh, we, had, yeah. we had the live reaction to uh, that on, on the Tuesday podcast. <laughs> what a game. What a run from Kentucky. You know, they have the best player in the country. And Ryan, well, best senior in the country, I guess. Um, best senior in the country and Ryan Howard. One yep. of the best players in the country. And they had a team that just, it should have made sense all season, but it didn't. And now they've just decided to never miss a shot again. They're just not going to ever miss. <laughs> and they win the SEC over the debt, what we were calling, you know, the death machine, uh, right. the, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, what? How? Who? Why? <laughs> I have no explanation. I don't have any explanations here. They just, it's, it's March folks. It's March. They've won 10 straight games though. Yeah. I I mean, I think for, for Kentucky to do what they did in that game down the stretch there, we're talking about grit and heart. I mean, there were 500 in the sec uh, going into the tournament um, to the sec tournament. And for them to have that kind of focus, that's what we were talking about, right. Mm -hmm. To be able to execute at the end of games. And I think it's on the uh, Her Hoop Stats Instagram page, the, the diagram of that play. Yeah. 
by Kyra Elsley, who uh, it was just perfectly explained in the huddle and it was perfectly executed by the players. And that doesn't always happen, mm -hmm. unfortunately, as a coach, I've seen it. Um, but also as a player, I've seen it. Like, that's not what she said. Like, I'm supposed to be right here. And then the play breaks down somehow because one mm -hmm. piece of the action is not focused. And it, it just, it's a house of cards. So, I mean, I've seen it from both, both sides. So um, for them to come out of that huddle and for them to take that diagram on the whiteboard and apply it in that moment, to get that win mm -hmm. and that title, it was beautiful. It, it was stunning. It was just, it was just great. Yeah, I, it was, I was stunning. So, I was so happy for them. I like. Yeah, I liked it. it was uh, they, I'm, I, you know, because all season, I mean, I don't know, like it just seemed like they were <laughs> stuck in the mud and they didn't, yeah. they didn't know how to play with each other. Maybe, maybe that's what's come together. Uh, and the yeah. shooting, the shooting has been unreal in the last three games. And they, in the, uh, in the tournament, they shot. 47%, 50%, and 42% oh, wow. from three. Wow. Uh, and then they three were Three from three. And they were, can they were canning everything. I mean, look, hey, look. Some things happen in March that you'll need to explain. Um, now, the other question that you had, mm -hmm. and I think it's a fair question. I think it's a fair question. Is South Carolina still the number one overall seed? Yeah. Uh, see, I had asked you that earlier, so let's You want me see. to answer? I can. I can. I, I mean, I, I think we both said yes on that. Right. Do we both say yes on that? We both said yes. It, it goes back to my thing with um with, with Maryland, <laughs> Maryland seeding and Louisville seeding. It's like the yeah. teams below them, like you can't, they, they beat all the teams below them, right? So they beat NC right. State, they beat Stanford. Um Hey, maybe you could say that Sanford game was at home. Maybe you could say North Carolina State's been changed since that game was so early in the season. But right, I, I don't think you can take South Carolina off that number one that that you know the the pedestal that they were on after right. losing to you know one of these teams that got super hot in March. I mean, it, it's still March. Yeah. I'm maybe I'm a little bit more concerned about them, but I don't know. I can't. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I can't say saw see what I saw in the regular season and then <laughs> see one game and decide, okay, suddenly they're not the number one team in the country. I, I would, I just think they have to be, they have to be right. Yeah. And I think that's what happened when they lost to Missouri, you know, yeah. early. And it's like, well, they're the number one team. And then, you know, you have to do the voting that very next Monday. And it's like, they're still number one. So yeah. I think that that's that kind of notion factors in. Um, and again, I mean, late game execution or lack thereof. Okay. Um, for South Carolina, I mean, Aaliyah Boston missed the chippy on the other side. Okay. And then come back down and you fall back on the line instead of hedging up yep. in an action where they were baiting you to help off that stuff, the pick yep. and roll off the handoff. They were baiting you in to help, took the bait. And then now you have a, a three-point shot at the top, wide open. I mean, it was just a perfectly executed play by Kentucky. But, you know, defensively, I mean, I don't know what else you could have done uh, to have Boston kind of stay attached to the three-point line. The way they were shooting threes down the stretch, uh, you know, but you want to protect the rim, and she's a rim protector, so it, instinctfully she's going to drop. Yeah. She's going to help. She's going to help deep. 
and and just wasn't there in time to contest that last shot. So that's just a tough way to go out of, of the tournament, um, especially thinking how they went out of the Final Four last year in, in the same kind of devastating way at the end mm-hmm. of the game. You know, that that uh, stinks. <laughs> that's all. No, and, and they that's, have that's to. Just tough. You know, it, it's more concerning, um, I think, from that perspective than the than the yeah. game perspective. Um, yeah. You because know, this is a few times now where they, they've been in that stage, they've been on that game, and they couldn't finish. And obviously, this team is capable of it. Obviously, this team is capable of it. It's just yeah. doing it, right? Like, yeah, you have to right. do it in order for me to believe in it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be really interesting when the brackets come out. I, I, I you know, spoiler, I'm going to have South Carolina in my <laughs> final four. Um, unless right. they put... Unless they play Miami in the second round, because I always have to have a bracket with Miami winning the national championship if they are in the tournament period. Because right, right, yeah, you have to you have to uh, live with live with yourself somehow, and that's how I live myself. Um, but South Carolina, I mean, they're going to be in my final four. It's just a matter of like when they get there. Do I trust them yeah. to? You need a little bit more of like freelancing i think i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't want to i don't know i don't know what it is i don't know what it is i think maybe they they're just so good that they they have been tested though i don't know i don't know what to say they have been tested i mean they've they've beaten what 12 no 11 ranked teams 11 ranked teams i mean they've they've gone on quite the run but again i mean with what we were saying about louisville now being extra hungry going into the tournament I think you can say the same huh. thing for South Carolina and that my friend is scary yes. like, to be more hungry. Okay. Destiny Henderson, more hungry. Aaliyah Boston, more hungry. Bria Beal. I mean, that's, and Dawn Staley. I mean, let's not forget. Um, so she's going to have them ready to go, especially how last season ended, especially now how the SEC tournament has ended just one loss going into that tournament. And then for them not to get the title is frustrating. I'm sure. No, I, but I fueling, frustratingly fueling <laughs> for I that think, group. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be. Um, we're going to see. We're going to see a team like just killing people in the first two or three rounds of the storm, and possibly until the. Well, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, actually, I mean, yeah. I'm, if this bracket comes to fruition, ESPN's bracketology, I don't see a single team um, that can test them before the final four, outside of Miami, of course. Um, yeah. Miami's going to test them in, in terms of just grit and toughness. So Miami doesn't have the, I don't think the talent to pull off that upset, but um, I don't know. I don't know. South Carolina, it's a little odd. I'm going to kind of take it. I'm going to take my grain of salt though. I'm going to take it with, I'm focusing on the grain of salt part of this rather than the potential concern of it. Right. I think that's the right okay. way. To, I think it's the right yeah. way to approach it. Um, that's the right way. Okay. I mean, like that's all I got next week. We're going to be picking brackets, but anything else we want to get to before, before we're uh, in March madness in earnest. Uh, no, Hey, I just wish the best for everybody. I know for me, and it's been years, right. But yep. for me personally, Gabe, it, whenever that calendar flips to March, all the memories rush in good, bad, ugly, otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's, it's just a great time of your life. And it's something that will stick with you forever. You understand me? So for all the coaches, all the players, all the support staff, all the administrators and everything like that, ride the wave and just enjoy the moment that you have the opportunity to compete at this epic level. 
uh, 68 teams now in this season. So a lot more opportunity for extra teams to experience this, but it's just a thrill. And when you love the game, which I know everybody out there does, it's, um, it's an amazing opportunity to show all your hard work and, and those empty gyms in the summer, getting those extra reps. It just shows uh, what that's all about. So I can't wait. The madness of March is here and we're, we're right in the thick of it. And I love it. Yeah. And it's also a chance to prove how dumb you are, as I do every single year, <laughs> picking this bracket. I, literally, I just always am wrong no matter what. So we'll pick brackets. Oh, we good. did this last year. Uh, that was super fun. So we'll pick brackets. <laughs> and uh, that. so what we have, when's the actual game here? So it's the 16th. So what day is that? I don't even know. I believe it's, uh, I believe it's when, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yes. That would be on Wednesday. Wednesday is the first round. We have the first, that's the first four. So uh, Wednesday, nice. Thursday is the first four. And we got the tournament, baby. It'll be on the 18th, yeah. 19th, Friday, Saturday. Ooh. Son and Kraken. Son and Kraken. Son and Kraken. I love it. We'll be in College Park. Maybe we'll be in College Park. We'll Ooh. see. We'll then I can give in. you, I, then I can give you your t-shirt if, if it's in College Park. We got to do something. We got to do something in person regardless, though, for the tournament. Yeah, we have to just get together. To get together and do something in person. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. And, and speaking of getting together, before we get off of here, yeah. I just want to um, send uh, thoughts and prayers to Brittany Griner yeah. and her family and the Phoenix Mercury family. And we're just praying for the best for BG. It's just really scary uh, without getting into it. Uh, you know, we already know what it is. So mm -hmm. we're just hoping that she gets back safe, right, Gabe? Yeah, no, that's that's 100. I mean, I didn't want to, we, we didn't talk about it before because that's what the family wishes. And, and, and I think it's the right exactly. thing to do. Um, so we, we haven't really focused in on it, but she's obviously at the forefront of our minds like every morning when we Absolutely. wake up. So I'm um, just hoping that Absolutely. every everything gets resolved in a quick, easy manner and, and BG definitely. can get home safely. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's definitely on our mind. We just, yeah, we're, we're trying to do the right thing here. So um, we'll hopefully- I, I hear you. Hopefully next time we talk, we'll have, we'll have more information, yeah. good information to share yeah. with everyone, Absolutely. but we'll have the tournament. We have so much going on. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just pumped. I'm pumped for Me where too. we are in college basketball. I'm going to be watching so sense. much tape now. I'm just going to be yeah. in a hole <laughs> watching game tape for the next week and a half. Fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we don't have to go home, but we got to get out of here to go watch some March Madness games. Yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate you guys joining us again right here on Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We will see you next time. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.